You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Thursday, April the 8th. It is Cardinals home opener day. First home game of the 2021 season. I'm your host, Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan. And today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Be sure to download the app and join me today after the Cardinal game to get on the action. And I will also be doing shows once a week. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. Cardinals come off a sweep of the Miami Marlins at Lone Depot Park. Not Miami Park or Marlins Park, whatever it used to be. That name is no longer. It is now Lone Depot Park, and you know what? It was a bizarre way to win a series. The first two games, it was weird. It was Cardinals got runs in odd ways, but nevertheless, the Cardinals do, in fact, get it done on a sweep, and it was, for me, obviously, you had the, the storybook home run by, um, by by Carlson in the ninth with the grand slam, but you've also got... Um, the Jack Flaherty start, and obviously, like again, a lot of obviously, but you also have the Saint or the the Yadier Molina home run. I understand that, but for me, Jack Flaherty was the name of the game. I mean, he was just incredible as to um, what he was able to do yesterday. Got through a first inning, so talk about Flaherty, and once again, the bullpen came to play. Oh my goodness! Talk about the bullpen. Talk about the offense. Some glaring holes. Some lineup questions that a lot of us have been asking um, of why certain players like the future rookie of the year Dylan Carlson are batting where they are and then also a preview of the series coming up today the rest of the weekend and talk about a possible six-man rotation that Mike Schilt had been talking about but l- let's start off with Jack Flaherty final line six innings a hit four walks, six strikeouts. So a lot of the trouble that he was in was self-induced with those four walks, and obviously I'm sure he'll tell you that that, that, need, that number needs to be down. No question about it. Can't be walking four guys to start and expect a lot of success. But other than that, I thought he was able to pitch really well. Navigated through a rough first inning um, with the help of Yadier Molina, he gave credit to Yadier Molina in his post game, saying that you know he really helped helped them navigate through that first inning. And you know this is a Miami Marlins lineup that has the potential to be really good, in my opinion, but is struggling. I think one through three, and really Cooper, the right fielder, got robbed a couple of times from from the park, but also from um, just from Dylan Carlson making some dandies of plays. Um, but nevertheless. This is not necessarily an easy lineup to navigate through. They're struggling right now, so that helps. But, um, but yeah, so Flaherty pitched really well. I thought what Jim Edmonds was talking about um, in, the, in the middle of the game, and I'm not necessarily the biggest Jim Edmonds fan as an analyst, great player and everything like that, but um, he's talking a lot about just attacking more with the fastball. And I think that Jack Flaherty kind of did that post-first inning, from the second inning on. He really... Um, bore down, bared down, however you want to grammatically correctly say it, and threw a lot of heaters. Threw a total of 101 pitches, not heaters, 101 pitches, but of those 101 pitches, um, 58% of it was was fastball, saw um, 
25% slider, 11% curve through a changeup and a handful of sinkers as well, according to baseball savant. But that 58% of fast, forcing fastballs is much higher than his average. Um, he threw 48% of forcing fastballs in his first start. But last year, 2020, I think a big reason of why he struggled is we saw the slider usage check up to 29%. Forcing was just at 44%. Whereas in 2019, he was at 47% use of fastball. And we all know how dominant he was in 2019. Especially the second half of 2019. So I think Evans was was spot on in his analysis, saying that he um, needed to, to throw more fastballs. And that slider is only going to be effective when you have a heater to go along with it. And when you have that heater established well. And I think that he was able to establish that heater for sure post-second inning. Po- again, sorry, post-first inning from the second inning on. And especially with the slider, curveball you can kind of work off a couple different pitches, but that slider needs to work off that fastball. Especially with Flaherty slider that has such late break to it that if it looks fastball, 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 and then breaks to the last second, it's a huge advantage for Flaherty. Huge. So I, I do agree with, with Jimmy Ballgame there that the fastball sl- usage needs to be up for Flaherty especially when his control is there. And I, I didn't think that he had such a, a great bite to his slider early in the game. I think it took him a little while to get a feel with it. But a big step in the right direction. They were talking a lot about, and you know, I talked a little bit about it yesterday, that Flaherty needed a good start. Flaherty needed, not only for his own personal, um, personal confidence, but if he's going to be the ace the Cardinals need him to be, he needed a good start. He needed to prove that he still had the ability. And I, I also agree with Dan McLaughlin. He mentioned a little bit in the pregame or early in the season, early in the game, rather, that might have put a little bit too much pressure on him because he's probably not going to pitch to a .91 ERA over the rest of his career, right? But I think that there's definitely a case to be made that the Cardinals need him to be better than he has been. And he, he stepped up yesterday. He absolutely stepped up, delivered the start. I feel like I've, I've said this two of the last three starts, but he delivered the start of the year for St. Louis to date. And again, that's... We're going to have 162 starts. So a lot of starts to be had, a lot of bigger games to be pitched in. Yes, not just the game, but Jack Flaherty as well. But again, even though his slider control, slider stuff wasn't necessarily there as much as he wanted to tonight, I thought he pitched really well. I thought that he, he was able to gut through, especially going through that, that last, getting that last inning in and getting an at-bat on the top of the six, pitching the bottom of the six, allowing the lineup to some turnover, saving the bullpen a little bit, which has been taxed coming into the series, um, coming into the game, rather, starters and relievers had each pitched nine innings total of the 18. That's not a good ratio at all. <laughs> um, but he was able to get through six innings, and then the rest of the bullpen made it stick. Kansas Cabrera has looked as good as he has had in any of his starts, or any of his appearances, rather. He got his second hold of the year, struck out two, gave up a hit in his two scoreless innings of work, Um I think Genesis Cabrera could be lights out. I think that he could be a dark horse candidate for one of the better relievers of the year in the Cardinal system. And then you have Jordan Hicks pumping in 100-plus miles per hour heat to back him up in the ninth inning. Cardinals got him up. I know Schultz talked about this a little bit. The Cardinals got him up, so they're going to keep him up and keep him in. The top five pitch velocities in the game belonged to Jordan Hicks. 101.9, 102.1, 102.4, 102 102.5, 102.5, 103.2 miles per hour. So much for slowing down after Tommy John surgery. Jordan Hicks seems to be fitting in quite well with the um, with the 2021 season. And 
I'm not saying he should be closer tomorrow. I really like Reyes in that role because Reyes has pitched extremely well in that role as well. But Jordan Hicks is a weapon back there. There's no question about it. And this bullpen has come to play the last couple days. Ever since the weekend series in Miami, the bullpen has been really, really good. And I think that, like I mentioned, this could be an absolute strength of this team. I love it. Absolutely love it. And like I said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm so high on this bullpen, and this bullpen can get quality out. So pitching continues to impress. Granted, it was against the Marlins offense, who is superiorly or supremely struggling right now. I understand that. Um, but nevertheless, this is still these are still major league hitters. Still got to get outs. Cardinals were able to do that. Offensively, looked a little bit better. Seven runs, a lot of runs, but uh, still looked a lot better um, in the on the offensive side of things. Also forgot to mention Jack Flaherty pulled off a really good pickoff move as well. Cardinals ran that play to perfection as well. Um, but I'll break down the offense in, uh, in the next segment and talk about why the lineup should be different. Um, there, there are some question marks in the lineup configuration for sure at this moment in time. So all that coming up next. Talk about today's show sponsor, and that is Locker Room. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like yourself on the Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or even just rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Cardinals podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me today. I'll be hosting Locker Room today on Thursday, April 8th, right after the Cardinal home opener, probably about... Oh, I'd say 8 o'clock. It'll be a fair amount after. So if you have an iOS device, go ahead and download the free Locker Room app and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join me on the MLB group for the latest updates. Follow me at LJ Fastball to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Once again, I'm planning on being live today. I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Cardinals. I'll see you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds, that's right, hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly, Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. What about those prices? They are always reliably low at rockauto.com and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Head over to rockauto.com right now and see other parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on or had you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So the Cardinals got a sweep yesterday against the Miami Marlins, Derek Jeter's own squad, and it was a really good pitching matchup. Pablo, credit to Pablo Lopez. He got a tough luck loss in this one. Pitched really well. I mean, really, the one blemish on it, literally, the one blemish on his record was the home run by Yadier Molina in the seventh inning 
of that game. Top of the seventh inning. Before I tell you about the, the offense and my problems with it, if you want more General League news, head over to Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some problems with this lineup. There are some major problems with this lineup. One of the problems is that one of the top hitters is hitting eighth. And that's one of those top hitters is Dylan Carlson. If you look at his average, you might say, well, he's not really one of the better hitters in the lineup. Lucas is hitting a buck 58. Great. I understand that. <laughs> Six games in, three hits, three home runs. Struck out seven times. That's a lot of strikeouts. But he has a slugging percentage of 632 and an OPS of 892. When he hits the ball, they go for extra bases. Literally. Three hits, three home runs. Three for 19. Again, that's a 158 average. Average is not everything in this game. One might argue average means little to nothing in this game. Dylan Carlson needs to be batting higher in the order. He just needs to be. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There, there's no other way around this. He's got to have more protection than a reliever or a pinch hitter, or sorry, a starter or a pinch hitter. Because, I mean, if you look on Baseball Savant on the MLB percentile rankings, he's 83rd percentile in exit velo, 61st in mass exit velocity, 64th in hard hit percentage, 73rd in weighted on base, or expected weighted on base percentage, excuse me, 79th in expected slugging, 87 percentile and barrel rating. Chase rate is really good at 66%. All great numbers. His K rate's not great. His expected batting average is not great. His whiff rate is not great. There are negatives. This kid's 22 years old. Give me a break. But he's got the potential to be really good, so why not get him up in the lineup where he's going to see pitches to hit? Protect him. Protect Arenado with... Dylan Carlson, because as much as I think Paul DeYoung is just in a slump right now and people are over-hating him, Paul DeYoung's not a cleanup hitter. He's not the cleanup hitter right now. I've said it in the offseason. The cleanup hitter, or whoever is hitting behind Nolan Arenado, uh, whether he's hitting third or fourth, he's hit third every game this year, it has to be the hottest hitter at the plate. It just has to be. You've got to have solid protection, even if it's Yadier Molina batting fourth. If he's the hottest hitter at the plate, go for it, in my opinion. And if it's me, what I would do, I'm putting Carlson at two, Goldschmidt three, Arnauto four, and then you bet fifth whoever is the hottest hitter. I think more people would be okay with Yadier Molina batting fifth than they would have him batting fourth. That's understandable. I, I totally get that. But to me, there's little to no reason why Dylan Carlson is not batting higher in the order. Yes, he, he, he struggled. He, he didn't get a lot of, of, you know, like I said, three for... Th- you know, three hits, three home runs. Not you want a better ratio than that. I, like, you, or I, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're going to get 200 home runs, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, you want more hits than just home runs. You want him to be able to to get on base in other ways. But I mean, his expected slugging, like I said, 570, which is basically what you expect to slug um, over years of data um, compiled of of what these hits you tend to go for. His hard hit percentage is, is up there, like I mentioned. His walk rate, 10%. That's pretty good. I'll take that in 2021. Small sample size. I understand that. But he's not getting good pitches to hit because of where he's at in the order. 
This kid has the potential to be a star. Not just Rookie of the Year this year, but an absolute star and a cog in the St. Louis Cardinals lineup for years to come. He needs to be higher in the order. I believe he's ready. You look at the sabermetrics that I've talked about, I believe Dylan Carlson is ready for a higher responsibility than eighth in the lineup. I defend Mike Schilt a lot. I really do. I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. It makes little sense to me why Dylan Carlson's batting eighth when you have struggling hitters in the middle of the lineup that are costing outs. He's hit from both sides of the plate, or he can't hit from both sides of the plate. He needs to have protection, and he needs to protect somebody who can hit. He needs to provide protection for an Arnado. Whether you bat him second or fourth, Carlson needs to be higher up in the lineup. He's ready for it. He's he's he can produce at this kind of uh, that kind of level. He's ready to be a star. Now, I'm not saying he's going to hit 400 and hit 35 home runs, drive in 120 RBI, have a slugging above 600 or anything like that. But he's he has the ability to be one of the better hitters in this lineup. One could argue he is one of the better hitters in this lineup. Get him up there. One other lineup note. I don't understand why John Nagowski is on this roster if he's not going to play except for pinch hitting he's got four plate appearances this season two at bats and he's one for two 500 great numbers put him in <laughs> right but he he hit well enough this spring to earn the spot I understand going with Justin Williams for defensive purposes and right field to start the season I think Austin Dean is a better player than he's shown right and he's showing right now John Nagowski should start today in my humble, humble, humble opinion. John Nagaski should be the right fielder. Because Matt Carpenter certainly isn't the answer at second base. I gave him props yesterday for, for playing well, having good exit velo, and things like that. Didn't hit the ball hard once yesterday. Went 0 for 2 uh, with a walk and a strikeout. Carpenter, sh- I mean, I mean may- maybe you, you, you say that he starts, oh, because it's opening day. It could be his last. Cardinal opening, you know, Bush Tatum home opener. I'm sorry, I said it. I said mentioned this a little bit yesterday. Cardinals are not good enough to be giving away games, to be giving away at bats for feel good things. The feel good thing today is Adam Wainwright starting with the Ida Molina. That's the feel good thing of the day. John Nagowski needs to start today. In my opinion, because if he's not going to start, why even have him on the roster? And I get it. There are other guys that haven't started yet. Kisner hasn't started. I don't think Kisner has an at bat. Edmundo Sosa hasn't started yet. I get it. But Sosa and Kisner have legitimate people in their way stopping them from starting. Nagowski really doesn't. You could, I guess, to flip the side of the coin, you could say Sosa should start at second and Edmund starts in right field. Not the end of the world if Sosa can produce. But give Nagowski a shot, too. I mean, I, I just don't understand. Especially with right field being such a weak option right now. I mean,. Tommy Edmond was, you know, he had the first hit as a right fielder for, he was the first right fielder for the Cardinals to get a hit this year. 17 at-bats, he was the first one. But, I mean, yeah, John Nagowski, in my opinion, should start. So, that's going to do it for the offense from, from yesterday. My, my thoughts on Dylan Carlson and such. So, let me know what you guys think. Um, take one more quick break, and then I'll preview the series upcoming here at Milwaukee, take a look around the league, and again, talk about a six-man rotation coming up here in just a moment. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and baseball are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for the new scores and odds that you need to know. It's the best way to place your bets, and best of all, it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50%, that's right, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can achieve that welcome bonus with a promo code that is locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cardinals are 4-2. They sit at second place in the division right now. Um, Cubs fall to 3-3. Three and three. Brewers are 3-3. Three and three. And Poor Pittsburgh. 1-5 on a five-game losing streak after a sweep at the hands of the Reds. Reds look really good. Not going to lie. We'll see if um, they're, they're not going to continue to play at an 83% winning percentage. 833 winning percentage. No, that much. Um, but they've got good players, and they've got good fantasy players right now. No, whoever has Nicholas Castellanos is happy. But if you want more Locked On Fantasy Baseball content, head over to Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It is a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran analyst Scott Cullen. He has data and two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This division is a weak one. We all know this. But I think that you know, teams can get hot. They're going to go on these stretches like the Reds are on right now. Reds are untouchable right now. Really highly offensive team. If they go to all you out, the Cardinals will end up winning this division. Before I even up the series, I want to talk a little bit about this article on MLB.com that Zach Silver wrote, or sorry, that Ryan Herrero wrote um, about six-man rotation. Um, Mike Schultz saying, it's hard to say in reference to the six-man rotation because I don't know where we'll be with our bullpen at the moment. Sixth man, a roster spot, so six-man rotation, you know at that point you feel like you're good with eight men in the bullpen, and it's possible. It's interesting because Schilt is usually a big five-man rotation guy, but it might make sense when you look at the Cardinals' schedule. They've got three off days left in the month of April, uh, tomorrow the 15th and the 22nd. Um, Not necessarily a gauntlet of schedule. They play the Nationals six times, Phillies, Reds, and Phillies again. And then when you look to May, they've got three off days, 10, 17, 20. And June, three off days, 7, 10, 21. So it could make sense. I mean, especially if you've got Ponce de Leon and Gantt pitching well, um, then you might think about it more. We'll see if this actually comes to fruition. This might just be because because John Gantt and um, Ponce de Leon are both pitching well. But I'm running a little bit long on time here, so let's let's get to the, to the pitching matchup. Corbin Burns, Adam Wainwright today. Sixth home opener um, could be his last one at Bush Stadium. His last home opener, uh, but it was it, it, it's going to be really special. Clydesdale's are back. Scott Rollins thrown out the first pitch. Hall of, some Hall of Famers going to be there. Players riding in on Chevys, or I'm sorry, on Fords. I love it. Cannot wait. I won't be there. Um, if, if you guys are going, excited for you. Um, facing off against Corbin Burns, who's got some electric stuff. Um, we threw a no-hitter into the seventh inning in this debut. Got you know, hit with a tough luck loss, but we'll see how it goes. I think the Cardinals have a tall task ahead of them. Saturday, Car- Cardinals will have Martinez against Adrian Hauser, and then Sunday, 
uh, Saturdays at 2.15, and then Sunday also, um, or I'm sorry, 1.15, and then 115 started on Sunday with Brett Anderson facing Ponce de Leon. This is not going to be an easy series. It'll be a good test for St. Louis um, against a division rival. In my, in my opinion, despite how things have played out early this season, the, the best team outside of the St. Louis in the division. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I definitely think that the offense has their work cut out in form, most in game one with Corbin Burns on the bump. So we'll see how it goes. I think that the Cardinals win the latter two games of the series. I think that pitching tomorrow, pitching today is too much for them. I think that the Brewers spoil the home opener, and the Cardinals take the series um, with uh, two out of three. So a little longer episode today. Apologies for that, but hope you enjoyed the content nonetheless. If you want to follow me on Twitter, do so at LJFastball. Follow me on t- uh, Instagram and Twitter for the show. L-O underscore Cardinals. And again, I'm live on Locker Room uh, post-game today, probably about 8, 830 uh, Central Time. So be on the lookout for that. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and until I talk to you next time, which will be tomorrow, stay safe, stay well, and have a great day.